Welcome to Not So Minutes or a Nice Podcast. I'm Jess. I'm Jen. Today is episode... 26. 26. <laughs> Which we don't have a title for, but we know it's going to have to do with... Writing. Writing. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've mentioned in past episodes that we really enjoy writing. Mm-hmm. Um, we both have probably more projects than we need in the works right now. Probably. Yeah. But it's also... Um, what, the National Novel Writing Month? Yes. So we thought it would be cool to have an episode talking about that. Um, again, our writing. We also wanted to do a reminder, since this is posting on Tuesday. Oh, yeah! Everybody, go vote! Yes! It's Tuesday, go vote! It's Tuesday the 6th, go vote. Do it, do it, do it. Yes. I mean, don't blindly vote. Like, hopefully you've researched things and then go vote. But, I mean, vote! Yay, vote! <laughs> Yay, voting! <laughs> Uh, so yeah, and, um, we had another super sweet shout out from Just So You Know podcast. Mm -hmm. Seriously, those guys are awesome. Um, I think we're going to try to do a link in the comments or on this post somehow so you guys can discover them because they're super awesome and we think that they should road trip up here. Definitely. Probably in like the spring or the summer. I still think we should go down there in the winter. And we should definitely go down there in like, the winter. Come on. <laughs> Are there cockroaches in the winter? Yeah, we'll have to ask them. Like, is right. it a year round thing down there or. Because I know we had them in Texas, but I don't remember. Like, what it was I, like. I probably blocked it out. That's possible. Cockroaches are creepy. <sighs> yeah. Anyways, <laughs> back on topic. Yeah. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um. Another kind of cool, quick shout out was the Lady Pod Squad. Mm-hmm. Um, they're basically a group of badass women doing what we're doing, which of course is podcasting. Um, but also, we're kind of following our dreams and our passion, and that definitely deserves a shout out. So, um, if you want to discover other really awesome podcasts, um, as always, hashtag Potter and Family is a great one. But also, for the group of badass women, you can search uh, hashtag lady pod squad um on twitter or really i mean if you google it it'll come up as well yeah so yay shout out um was there any other housekeeping Hmm. no no okay well then let's go into um the national novel writing month i suppose we could start there yeah i don't know i've seen so many different posts about it and I've always kind of wanted to try to do it. Like, it's, you take the entire month of November to sit down and you just write out your first draft. Which is awesome. Their website is NaNoWriMo. So it's N-A-N-O-W-R-I-M-O dot org. Uh, And it tells you how to get started. It tells you how it works. It actually technically starts in, what, September because uh, you do prep work, right. and you can earn badges as you go for, like, how much you've written or, like, how dedicated oh. you're staying. Uh, there's a community of other writers that kind of help keep you accountable. Okay. Uh, resources to help get you inspired, and then November 1st, you start writing. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. There's a whole website of information, so if you enjoy writing, that might be something that you could check out. I think it's... You make a commitment to do 50,000 words okay. in the entire month. Which is awesome. Which is a lot. It's a lot, but I mean, doable. I mean, How many words do you think you've been able to write on one story total? 
I think I'm at, I want to say it's like 60000 on one of mine. Nice. So, yeah. I don't know if that was in a month. Well, yeah. <laughs> I do have but. a book called Novel in a Month, and it's pretty cool because it, it's all outlined for you. So, okay. you, it kind of takes some of the guesswork out depending on what kind of a writer you are. Some people really need to, like, meticulously plan, and other people just go fly by the seat of their pants. Mm-hmm. And go back a hundred times to edit. Yeah, but I think you, you're going to do that no matter what. Like, That's even true. if you plan out the, you know, quote unquote perfect story, it's still going to be a first draft. Nobody right. hits it their first time. That's true. I need to remember that I need to finish the first draft before I go back and start editing. Yes, I think that's the hardest thing. It is. It's, it's really difficult because you're like, oh, but I want to. Ch- I know I need to change this one thing, and then you end up reading the whole thing, and then you're like changing everything, and you're not continuing your story yep. at that point, and you lose track of that thread. Like exactly because you've gone back now and you can't yeah especially if you take too long of breaks in between because writer's block is a real issue yeah i mean i put down my passion project for like four years because i mean having babies takes a lot of your time right and then when i picked it back up and i read through it it was like oh my god so much of this needs to be changed it's like really it's not great (laughs) but it's also a first draft and like trying to find my way back to that world and back to that story is it's a challenge proving to be a little difficult yeah yeah um chin lin had actually given me a suggestion for this month that i could work on kind of a spin-off okay of my passion project so i don't think i'm actually going to do the fifty thousand word challenge but i think i am going to maybe push myself to work on my brothel idea that's a good idea I can't wait for that one. That's going to be good. I'm excited. <laughs> right. <clears throat> I know. It's, it's, uh... it's intimidating. Romance is intimidating to write. Right? It really is. Cause you want to make sure you have words that aren't ridiculous. Yep. That are going to set the mood and everything else, which is hard to do. Like with words, it really is. Yeah. Pictures are so much easier and like, you know. It's like in one of the Facebook groups, um, the, the writing group. Mm-hmm. They were talking about one of the girls' main characters, like a, a mermaid, and so it's completely based under the sea, and she was trying to figure out swear words for the mermaid. You know, and so people yeah. were, you know, giving off suggestions, and one of the guys was like, use things like blowfish or whatever, and so I did the comment, what the blowfish? Like, <laughs> right. It's definitely hard, yeah. especially if you're not writing consistently and... Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to dive back into the world. Like in a mermaid story, you're literally diving. Huh? Yeah. That was supposed to be funny. I'm funny. Dad joke. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Moving on then. Do we want to dive into author questions? All right. Author okay. Questions. Yes. So, of course, I went on and Googled, you know, how to interview an author. Basically, and so some of these questions are more for people who have established a platform and actually have published books. And we're not there yet, but it doesn't no. mean that we're not right authors. So uh, there was a couple good ones that were just basic getting to know you. Like, when did you write your first book and how old were you? You know, or if you haven't been able to completely finish a full novel, when did you first really realize that you could write maybe beyond like journal stories and everything else like that because i mean that was something that we just did um 
when we were younger. I'd say I was probably about 12 or 13 when I really started writing. Mm-hmm. Like, I was reading a lot of Stephen King at that point. I was I really liked his style, so I kind of started with an adaptation of, like, his style, his story type, stuff like that. Yeah. <clears throat> and from there, and I loved vampires at that point, so a lot of a lot of random teeny bopper vampire stories came about with that whole thing. Which is I amazing. did a ton of research though. Like I had books and books about things. Oh, I also really liked um, serial killers, murders. I was really into Jack the Ripper at that point, so like I had all these books about that too. So like it was really it was really cool to like write. I said like so many times. <laughs> it was really it's cool okay. though to like. <laughs> To sit down and adapt my own style from all these other styles. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think one thing that we're both really good at is doing a ton of research. I Mm -hmm. remember whenever we were doing our vampire screenplay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had this vampire encyclopedia that was basically every single legend that you could possibly find yeah. on vampires. And I hate to even admit this, but uh, when I read the Stephanie Myers books and, of course, saw the movies, I don't think she's a talented writer, necessarily. Like, it's very basic, and she uses some words just inconceivably. <laughs> uh, but one thing I really appreciated that she put into the book and the movies is that Bella actually goes and researches all the different types of vampires and kind of brings a light that, yes, these sparkly vampires aren't like what you would imagine a vampire is, but that's because there are so many different types and... Yeah. Um, almost like races of, of different vampires, you know, and some of the research that we've even done was showing that, um, you know, one belief for vampires was that it was kind of like an infection, yeah, which is kind of how Stephanie Meyer's vampires work. They have like venom that okay. is what hardens their skin and whatever. Okay. Uh, so she at least did a little bit of research, but sparkly vampires is still kind of ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, I never read any of them. But it is neat that she included that in her story. Yeah. Like, that that gives me a little bit of more of a props to her. Kind a of little thing. bit more respect for yeah. well, I her vision, her, I guess. I loved her book, The Host. Yeah. That was a really good book. Mm-hmm. And it was written well enough. Like, it was more like a young adult, kind of, kind of, because there's content that's not quite young adult. But anyway. Right. But, like, the writing style is very young adult. Um, She did a really good job with that. And that was another one that was, like, props to her. But I still can't, I can't read more than five words of any of the Twilight books and go, I can't, I can't. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> yeah, they're very, I don't want to say immature, but her writing style yeah. hadn't matured yet. Yeah. It just wasn't there yet. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I do the same thing with Game of Thrones, like the George R. R. Martin stuff. I love, I really liked the audiobooks. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to sit down and read, read them. Like, I can, because I, I like that fantasy. I love yeah. that. But the way that it jumps around is really hard to follow for me. Yeah. Whereas in, like, in the audiobooks, it's a little easier. There's different character voices. It's it's easier for me. Obviously, the show is the easiest, because it's all <laughs> right there on the TV. But, yeah. but, you know, it is. It's difficult to follow sometimes. And you're like, wait, wait, which, what, who, who, what? <laughs> That's how I felt reading the Philippa Gregory books. Especially because she wrote Out of Order. 
Right. So I started reading them out of order, and then I was like, okay, I'm just frustrated. And I Googled, I was like, reading order, and it tells you exactly, like, chronologically how like. to read them. And then I bought the audiobooks just to kind of soak in all the information, I guess. Right. That makes it nice. Especially when they do good audiobooks. That's awesome. Yes. Where it's just someone just reading a monotone. Mm-hmm. Like, they do good ones. It's awesome. Yeah, and I just got Neil Gaiman's Neverwhere as well. Yeah, I just love his audiobooks. All right. You get to hear him talking. Speaking of audiobooks, though. We should plug Audible. Yes! Real quick, sidebar. Um, for a 30-day free trial and a free audiobook, our listeners can go to audibletrial.com slash podcast. Uh, you can sign up really easily, try it out, don't like it, cancel it, otherwise stick with it, and for a low monthly cost, it's like $14.95, I think is the one that I have, uh, you get a audiobook of your choice every single month, yeah. which is especially cool for those super long books, like, you know, mm-hmm. the good Stephen King ones and the Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones. or whatever, yep. because, I mean, typically they're like $40, $50, and you can get them for 15 Yeah. So, it's a good deal. It is a very good deal. Check yeah. it out. Next question. Did you answer the question? You need to answer the question. What? You need to answer the question. When do you start writing? Oh, yeah. Honestly, I remember writing a song when I was like seven years old. It was called Puppy Love. Okay, I remember being seven and writing a really stupid love song called Puppy Love, and my mom actually saved it and just sent it to me, and it's super obnoxious, but I remember being that young and starting to enjoy stories. Like, there was a lot of really kind of crappy stuff going on in my life, so being able to sit down and, you know, write fairy tales where I was a princess who escaped her evil stepmother or whatever uh, was a really good release for me. But I didn't really truly fall in love, I guess, until maybe we were in our teens, you know, and started writing poetry and all the angsty stuff, but (laughs) also starting to... Uh, delve in deeper with like the research and developing our own personal writing styles and knowing, you know, where our, our like uh, passions lie. Right. So, yeah, probably around the same age as you. Both kind of. Which makes sense. We were together. I know. We were. <laughs> you get around the, you know, you, you, that community, you build your community and mm-hmm. the same interests, and that, that's nice. Of course, there's the, as a child, what did you want to do when you grew up? Well, we've already just kind of discussed that one before. I wanted to be a police officer, and then I wanted to be a fireman, and then I wanted to work on computers, and I still don't know what I want to do with my life. I'm just saying. That's because we're not growing up yet. Nope. Nope. I refuse to. Right now, I want to be an architecture, in architecture. I would love to be an actress. I hate admitting that. Or a princess. <laughs> you want to be a princess? <laughs> That's not a career. <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah, but you need a lifetime of training for that. I know. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to squash your dreams. You know what? I'm sorry. That was fucked up of me. <laughs> right. Bubble burst it. <laughs> sorry, Jess. I'm not going to You could be anything princess. you want to be. No. Um, <laughs> it would be really cool to be an actress because of my love of writing, but just being a published writer would make me super happy. I mean, other than articles, but to actually sit down and write a book and 
have it published or finally make our vampire movie. We should do that. Right? It's been in the works for 13 years, 15, 16 years now. We don't do the math. Come on. Sorry. Yeah, no. 15, 16. 16. 16. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Sitting in the middle of Perkins. Right in our screenplay. Right. (laughs) Smoking some cigarettes. In Perkins. Back when you could do that. (sighs) Yeah. We're old. We're old. It's fun, though. (laughs) I mean, really, if I could choose any age to be, it'd probably be about where I'm at now. Things aren't falling apart yet. I've got a really good established personality at this point. There was a study or a poll done or something. I heard about it on KBB and I didn't think I was going to have to reference it. So I probably should have listened more. But they were talking about what age are you the happiest? And the consensus said 44. Okay. Was when you arrive in life and you are at your happiest. Which makes sense because you're at that I don't give a fuck anymore point. Yeah. And typically you're established and, and you've got and you know, job are, security. You're not and, struggling as much. Right. That makes sense. So, yeah, 30, 30 to four, probably 30 to 50 is a really good age range. So it only goes up from here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then after that, you're really at the who gives a fuck point. So like, yeah, eh, it might be real fun to be like 60 and just cruising around doing what I want to do. Yeah. Like newly retired. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, probably not until I'm 80, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah. But like, we could podcast all the time, Jess. All the time. All the time. Could Drink you... wine, podcast, chillax in our studio. If we fun. have our podcast for that long, I will be so fucking proud of us. You know, right? <laughs> Keep listening to us because we're going on forever. You know yes. what? We might just record them and just have them to ourselves. Put them out somewhere on the virtual reality webs because by then. <laughs> by then, we're going to change the name to Two Drunk Grandmas. I like it. <laughs> Write that down. I'm writing it down. <laughs> Two drunk grandmas. Instead of two broke girls, the mm-hmm. TV show, we're going to be two drunk grandmas. <laughs> I got it. It's Excellent. official now. It's going to happen. <sighs> what was one of the most surprising things you learned in creating your books or your stories? Mm. Either about yourself or about your talent or... Um, I think... This sounds so conceited, though. I really touched on how creative I can actually be, which surprised me. That's not conceited. It is conceited. No. I'm so artsy. Oh my god. No. Just acknowledging the fact that you have a creative mind I don't think it's conceited. If you were like I just realized that I'm gonna be so rich and famous one day because I am a kick-ass writer. That's conceited. Alright, alright. That's not even a humble brag. No. Not even a little bit. No, I don't know. I think that was that was huge though like even just the especially writing in in like my late 20s to now mm-hmm. the amount of of stuff I can dive into as far as my romance novel yeah I mean obviously I'm more experienced now than I was when I was 13 which is helpful which is helpful but mm-hmm. like just the the different different thoughts different different practices the the different styles you see the world differently exactly you've you've matured mm-hmm. that was the thing about my passion project was I started with this extremely short story that I wrote in half an hour before it was due 
and, and the teacher really enjoyed it. And so I, I, you know, I ended up keeping it. And then I looked at it when I was in my 20s. And I was like, wait, there's a bigger story here. I can actually make this a young adult book. Right. You know, so I started, you know, fleshing out some details for a young adult book. And then I read it again, you know, late 20s, early 30s. And I was like, this could be huge. Like, I could mm-hmm. possibly make this a, an adult-style mm-hmm. trilogy. And, you know, for it's a for people who don't know or didn't hear yeah, the previous one. It's a fantasy novel. Yeah, you know, so being able High to... fantasy novel. Yeah. <laughs> so you're able to explore different avenues that you would, would have never thought before and dive in deeper and, you know, you have more knowledge. We have so much more resources now. Yeah. You know, available to us with the internet exploding. and <laughs> We can go on the Google. Yay, Google. <laughs> so... Or Wikipedia. I know, I know. But there's some good information out there. Yeah, absolutely. I think in just being able to discover almost your threshold. Right. So we've kind of talked about it. Like, yeah. in order to be a writer, you have to be able to kind of think about some really fucked up things. Yep. You know, seeing, like, the Saw movies. Like, someone actually had to sit down and think about all the different ways that you could torture. About logistics <clears throat> of, like, filming and everything. And so, I don't right. know. No, oh, that's that's pretty much it. The the limits you can push yourself. Yeah. And sometimes it'll surprise you and you'd be like, Wow, I thought of some really great creative ways to fuck that person's life up. <laughs> and then you're like, God, am I evil? No, I'm just a really creative good yes, writer. Yes, you're just imaginative. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Circling yeah. back, I don't think that was conceded okay. at all. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, I think for me. The most surprising thing would probably just be knowing how far I could push myself on some things, like I just said. So I basically answered it. (laughs) Okay, on to the next question. What kind of writer are you? We kind of mentioned it a few minutes ago about people who, like, meticulously plan or the kind of person that, you know, just flies by the seat of their pants. Or are you more somewhere in the middle where you, you know, briefly outline and then just kind of sit down and write? Do you schedule time to write? <laughs> um, generally speaking, I am a fly by the seat of your pants writer. Mm-hmm. I, an idea comes to me and I run with it. And I just go as far as I can with it. And then it either fizzles or I continue to run. Uh, as far as scheduling time, that's just funny. I usually write, tend to write in the middle of the night when I can't sleep. Mm-hmm. Same time I read. Is it scheduled? No. It's more like, oh. Maybe like, high insomnia. Yeah. <laughs> well, and writing when the inspiration hits is important. Right. And I'm more creative at night, so mm-hmm. there we go. Yeah. Having a day job sucks. Just saying. <laughs> oh, I know. But at least I notice that I'm getting better at if something comes to me during the day, if I can just sidestep for a second and write myself a quick note or even do like, I have a whole bunch of voice memos on my phone of me just like spouting out like a random sentence that I thought of that I wanted to elaborate on later, you know, and 75% of the time I don't even re-listen to it, but it's just good to kind of keep, yeah, keep the wheels moving, I guess. No, it is. It is. Keep that, keep that going. Yeah. I mean, I guess sometimes I research things, but usually it's after I've started my story Mm -hmm. and then I'm like, okay, well I have this really great idea. I've started it. Now I need to, get some um, foundations in there and actually build on it a little yeah. and I need information for that. So, I've wanted to do um, a storyboard for my really big one. Yeah. Because it 
is so much information that I need to kind of write down the big key plots that I've already plotted out and figure out how I can get from, you know, ABC down to XYZ. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I guess planning it out is kind of necessary. Oh, yeah. Okay. With the longer ones, especially if you're going to do like three books, you're going to need to plan. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So I guess we can count research as writing time. <laughs> totally. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to answer another question? Or should we delve into the deal breaker world? Let's do deal breakers. Okay. Yeah. You go first. Want me to go first? Okay. <laughs> so for our deal breakers, we're just going to assume that it's within the first few dates with somebody. Okay. Right? Because... I mean, typically, you're... I have one that's a long-term one. <gasps> really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So for mine, okay, you've gone on a few dates. We're only going to do it for one of them, actually. So the first one. Okay. A few dates. <laughs> and you're at dinner talking about things that you really love. Okay. And you find out that he doesn't know who Stephen King is. Oh. Like, at all? At all. Who who doesn't know who Stephen King is? Living under a rock, maybe? Could be. I mean, even people who don't like Stephen King know who the hell he is. Mm-hmm. There's movies about his books. He's got, like, what, five million freaking published books? Right. How, how how would you even avoid that? All right, all right, all right. Bring it back down. Okay. <laughs> um, I think it would be an interesting conversation, like... What kind of books do you like? What authors do you know? And then going on from there, like, okay, is it is it that they just do not like horror? Or is it that they just don't like books? So his response would be, oh, wait, he's an author? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They'd get that look, Jess. That look. That look was so perfect. That look. <laughs> okay. I'm trying so hard not to get you laughing. <laughs> you know, we could take a minute and just laugh for a second. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I really... He doesn't know who Stephen King just is. Just doesn't know who Stephen King is. I'd, I'd say that's probably on the road to a deal breaker. I'd want to know more information as to why. Yeah. And maybe, like offer it i might give him a chance like if he's interested a little bit or wants to know more like give him a short story or something and be like all right so this is who stephen king is and even if they didn't like stephen king like there's that's not a okay so deal breaker we'll play this out okay so you give him a stephen king book to read and he's like oh yeah no i just don't read oh okay well that would be that would be difficult like I mean, it's not one of those things like reading, enjoying novels, and reading isn't necessarily a deal breaker, but it's pretty much a deal breaker. <laughs> um, I, I, I really it's not a deal breaker, but, but it, it's it a deal is, breaker. Yeah. Well, I was thinking more on it, like the the ability to read things out and enjoy them, and. You don't, you don't have to enjoy every single thing you read, but at least having that skill mm-hmm. is a sign of intelligence. And I, I need someone who's able to talk to me on my level. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. a deal breaker. Nice. I'm glad I could turn that into a deal yeah, breaker. You got me you. there. You got me there. I'm not even sad about it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So you've been seeing this person for, we'll say, 
you guys have been involved for like two years. Oh. Okay, so like just at moving in together phase if, mm-hmm. in a normal relationship. Yeah, sure. Huh? <laughs> yeah, sure. Huh? <laughs> um, and you are, you know, moving in together, you're, you're getting, you're really excited about it. You're finding out more about each other on a living in, living together. Right. Thing. And you find out like you knew that he was a writer and then you know you're a writer, but you didn't know how involved with writing they were necessarily because, you know, you tend to do other things like work and date and right. whatever. Okay. Maybe it's a hobby, but it's not really a hobby. Well, writing for you is a, a hobby when you have a chance and you find out that writing for him is not just like a hobby. Okay. And then he kind of looks down on you for your hobby of writing. <sighs> like not, not like, you know, you have a good established relationship. You have good rapport. You just apparently can't write anywhere near each other. Mm. But he just wants to offer you all these pointers and, like, help you out with your stuff. But you love him, kind of, so it's like, how, what, what would you do? <laughs> Sounds like almost like a how would you proceed. It is. <laughs> That's... It's really in-depth. Tell yeah. me a story, Jess. That's... Uh, I would probably have to have maybe a conversation about it because like how would he react if i was like thanks for the input babe but i just need to kind of do it my way it's my story so i just want to flesh it out and then Mm. when i'm done with the first draft maybe then you can give me some cool pointers but right now just let me do me pops (laughs) yeah so i guess it would depend on how he would react to something like that well, a normal person would be fine, right? But, right. But he's not normal because we're doing a deal breaker of sorts. I, yeah. <laughs> so, so that becomes an issue, and and he gets all like, "No, you will do it my way," and he becomes completely uninterested in any of your writing because mm. it's not real writing. Oh, he's one of those. One of those. I could have a lot of fun with him. I could start writing just really, really terrible stuff. <laughs> about him in my stories <laughs> right yeah, i think that would be a deal breaker because i need i need somebody to support me and my my hopes and my dreams and right. i mean having we, we've talked about it in the past about yeah. not wanting someone to be so much of a cheerleader that they're just going to that's our first episode yes yeah. You know, worship the ground that we walk on. Like, I would definitely want someone to be honest with me. Be like, yeah, maybe this part. Right. But not, like, all in out, like, I don't support you. Yes. Or I don't I don't see you as an equal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's almost always going to be somebody who is, you know, slightly more successful than their partner. And I, I guess there needs to be a, a balance of support either way. I need to figure out who sings this song. All right. The Bell Brigade. Losers. That song. You can maybe play a clip of them. They love it. It's very relevant today. Have you heard this song? There will always be someone better than you. Even if you're the best. So let's stop the competition now. Or we will both be losers. All right. We'll have to, we'll have to probably take some of that out because it was really long. But I love that song and that reminded me of it. Like, yeah, that song's great. That was good. <laughs> I originally found it on Raising Hope. Oh. 
it's it's a it's a really great episode anyway, but Yeah. But like I don't know, it's kinda of funny. I found a whole bunch of obscure music that I absolutely love, like songs from mm-hmm. there that I love. But anyway, we can we can continue on now. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of really good tracks behind TV shows. There are sometimes. Sometimes there's not. Yeah. Sometimes there really are. Mm-hmm. I find some good ones on the resident lately. Foxes always have pretty decent. Yeah. I love CW shows music. That's where I find almost all of like my crazy weird songs. Sorry. I was thinking of all the music in Supernatural because there's so much good mm. music in Supernatural. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that they, for the Netflix versions, they took out a lot of the music that was in the CW version. Really? Mm-hmm. So some of the songs you're hearing are not what was originally in that episode. It's terrible. I wonder if they did it to Gossip Girl. It, maybe. Because I loved so many songs about the Gossip Girl. They didn't want to, Netflix didn't want to deal with copyright stuff mm-hmm. that CW had already dealt with. So like, and they couldn't just transfer it. That's weird. Nate found that out for me, actually. I... <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Because he loves the supernatural as much as I do. Mm-hmm. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, we were talking about deal breakers. the cool thing and deal breakers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You were in the middle of a thought. I feel bad I kind of interrupted you. Was I? Yeah, you were talking about how you have to be equals, and even though someone's more successful than... Oh, yeah. No. Uh. Yeah, I lost it. Okay. It's all good. Hi, listeners. What up? <laughs> okay, so that was a really good one. I like that. Because that's long. something, yeah, it's something that you should definitely figure out before you're living with somebody. Right? So, like, even though you think you know someone's Yeah, hypothetical well, me for figuring it out then. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so your next one is we're going to put the same scenario to you because I like. The, you've been with that person for a while and certain things that are maybe, this one's kind of silly. You you wouldn't even think that would come up and all of a sudden it does. We're going to say it was like your one year anniversary. Okay. And you guys are talking about your favorite books just because maybe that was his gift to you was one of your favorite books for your anniversary. And so all of a sudden he admits that he thinks Stephanie Meyer is actually a genius. Not necessarily a deal breaker. Yeah. People have different strokes for different folks. Mm-hmm. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. I, I, but a genius? I would think I would respectfully disagree with him. And hopefully we'd have a good conversation about why she's not. <laughs> but this is his queen. But see, yeah, that's, that's a problem. But it's not a deal breaker necessarily. Because okay. it's not something that's going to come up every day. And if it is something like he's got a shrine, that's a deal breaker. See, you didn't even let me get there. I'm sorry. I got there without you. <laughs> That's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> oh, that got loud. That's fine. <laughs> That's also what she said. <laughs> I need to breathe. Breathe. Breathe, Jen. Breathe. I need a drink. Don't we all? No, we so all do. Seriously, are we done yet? Okay. I can't even today. That is what she said. Can we just be done? We didn't even talk about how good they were in the sack or anything. Like, we didn't even brush on that. We were just like, nah. Right? Well, we assume they're good because we've been with them for a long time. That's true. Yeah. Mm Because how how far can you really stay with someone, like, that you just aren't compatible in the bedroom with? Yeah. Eh. 
it isn't everything. That's not what I'm saying. But it is a part of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It has I to be. Was, I tried to be in a relationship with somebody, and the first time we got busy, there was nothing there. I'm just like, nope. No, that's a deal breaker. No sparks, no butterflies, no yeah. fun feelings, nothing. Hmm. If you don't fit together, right. Literally and figuratively? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's a deal breaker. Do you have another one? Mm-mm. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I could think of one. What if their favorite podcast is Two Drunk Grandmas? Not us, though. Just literally Two Drunk Grandmas. <laughs> and they won't listen to anything else. Well, it's a deal breaker if they're not going to listen to my podcast. Okay, well. <laughs> it is a little. I mean, no, no, it, it is a little. Yeah. It's a supporting of the dreams thing. Yeah. They don't have to, like, religiously listen to it. But, like, when you're like, hey, come listen to my new episode, they have to be like, okay. Fine. <laughs> Even if it's a fine, they still listen to it, right? So, I mean, I guess it would depend on how cool these two drunk grandmas were. They're boring as shit. But they're drunk, so it's entertaining. But not a deal breaker. Yeah. <laughs> that was one off the... Th- I'm sorry. That was like just random. I liked it. Moving on. Moving on. Do we have anything else? I don't think we do. Okay. We are going to edit out so much of this, though, from silence that was just happening. Yeah. Uh, I hope we even make it to 30 minutes. I think we will. That's what she said. Yes! <laughs> on that note, <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate your support so much. Yes. Uh, we will continue to try to put out some more decent content for you. But for now, go out and vote. And thanks for listening. Clink, clink.